Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we have the privilege of sharing part one of our conversation with Coach Mike Furry. This conversation was so good that we've actually decided to break it up into two episodes for you. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Okay. So this man's life is something straight out of the movies. Yes. From walking on to the football team at The Ohio State University, to playing eight years in the NFL, to coaching the Chicago Bears, to now being the head football coach at Division II Limestone University, which is in South Carolina. Carolina. Wait until you guys hear some of his stories. Now, we do talk about some football, but man, he's talked a lot about life lessons he's learned along the way. Just absolutely incredible, especially the part, Steph, where he talks about what he tells parents and kids about overcoming adversity. Folks, you need to listen to this and think, would I want my child to play football for this man? Uh, Absolutely. Yes. You guys, we can't <laughs> wait for you to hear part one of our conversation with Coach Mike Furry. I'm Kevin. And I'm Stephanie. And during our marriage, we have dealt with an electrocution, a brain tumor, brain surgery. Then doctors telling us that children were not in our future, followed by miscarriage, and then Kevin's cancer diagnosis. However, today, we live a life completely healed and restored with three healthy children who doctors said were not possible. And we're here to tell stories that inspire, give hope, and brighten your day. Welcome to Tell Us a Good Story. This episode is being presented to you by Luby Companies, a custom home builder here in Central Ohio. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. All right, Steph, before we get to this conversation, let's give listeners a quick behind the scenes story of what it actually took for us to interview Mike. <laughs> Wait, what did it take to interview Coach Fury? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you don't remember? Um, nope. Okay. So a year ago, okay. Coach Furry was the wide receivers coach for the Chicago Bears. Oh my gosh. Yes, I do remember. Yes, I do remember. Yes. Let's talk about that. He was coached for four years yes. there in the NFL. And a friend of ours, Coach Blackstone, he's related to Coach Furry. Uh-huh. Okay. So he gave me his contact information about a year ago and said, he will be fantastic to talk to. So reached out then. And as I was pitching to him, immediately, he's like, absolutely. I will gladly talk to you guys. We were so excited. So excited. Oh, my gosh. We were so excited. Because this guy's life is literally like a movie. Uh-huh. It really is. He said, the only thing is, you got to get approval from Chicago Bears organization for me to do any type of interview. Okay, cool. So I reached out to the PR team with the Chicago Bears. Uh-huh. Got their approval. Yes. However, we needed one final approval of an individual in the organization. Mm-hmm. That individual said no. Oh, dang it. So we were kind of bummed about that and yes. kind of forgot about it. Well, Mike is now the head football coach at Limestone University in South Carolina, which is a D2 school. And I was going through my list of potential guests and immediately I'm like, you know what? I need to reach out to Mike again and see if he would be interested and, and was curious if he'd even remember, mm-hmm. remember us. This time I called him instead of texting him. Did here. you? Yes. I didn't know that. I called him. Look at you. Thinking I was going to get his voicemail. Yeah. He actually answered. Oh. He answered. I'm like, oh, okay. And so I was like, this is Kevin Mason. I reached out to you a year ago. And shockingly, he still remembered who I was. Did he really? And so I'm pitching. Oh, that's so cool. Yes. In the middle of me pitching to him an invite to talk to us on Tell Us a Good Story, immediately he was just like, hey, I'm in. I'm in. And I said, well, do you need to get approval from anyone at Limestone University? He's like, no, 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 no. We're good. Right? Aww, I don't need any that's approval. so cool. We're good. And then three days later, we're talking to Coach Furry. And you know what? It kind of just says something because this is like preparation for the season to start 
for football, right? So I'm sure he's super busy. Right, for him to give us time. Yes, just to talk to us before, you know, his season actually starts. And I just thought that was amazing of him. Very kind of him. So without further ado, here's part one of our conversation with Coach Mike Furry. Mike Furry. Steph. Oh my gosh, please quit talking. He keeps talking to this next guest and giving him all this logistics stuff. I'm like, let's just hurry so we can start talking to him. Well, we've wanted to speak to this next guest now for over a year. Over a year. And now we have the privilege of doing that. So So, excited. Friends, our next guest's life could literally be made into a movie. From walking on to the football team at Ohio State, to playing eight years in the NFL, to coaching the Chicago Bears, to now being the head football coach at Division II Limestone University in South Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Coach Mike Mike Fury. Fury. Yes! I'm excited. (laughs) You guys are the best. I know we've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I'm glad it it has kindly come to fruition. And hopefully we can be examples of our, uh, our work ethic, our vision, our desire, our passion for life to be able to impact somebody. So I appreciate you having us on. Amen to that. Awesome. Well, First off, I don't normally do this, Coach, but I want to tell you a story to start off, okay? So are you aware of how I got your contact information? I know through who, (laughs) but I don't know the full story. And since I know who it is, I'm sure it's pretty interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So Coach Larry Blackstone was a teacher of mine at Bloom Carroll High School about 25 years ago. He, He didn't even coach me. Okay, I didn't play football for him. All right, I was more of a basketball and baseball player. But I absolutely adore this man. And I've kept in contact with him for the past 25 years now. Yeah. And so last year, he, we were talking to him, just catching up. And he's like, you know what? I've got two names for you that you need to talk to. I'm like, okay, who are they? And typically, Mike, when people say that, I kind of ignore it, right? But this is, <laughs> this is Coach Blackstone. So I'm like, okay, this is legit. So he gave me two names. One was Coach Jack Johnson. And then the second name he gave me was Mike Fury. And he's like, Kevin, I'm telling you, this will be the best interview you've ever done. And then he paused. And he's like, wait a sec, who have you talked to? And I go, well, you know, Dog the Bounty Hunter. And Coach Blackstone's like, never heard of him. (laughs) So, So, Coach... We have high expectations for you <laughs> that you're going to tell us like the meaning of life or something incredibly important here. So yes. no pressure. Yeah, that, no problem. No problem. <laughs> we we uh, obviously, as you guys know, I, I met the Blackstone family. Well, I, I met Mr. Blackstone really in about 1992 in the early 90s. But I met my wife in second grade. And obviously her last name was Blackstone. So right. once I got married into the family, I have... I've been very fortunate and blessed to be around the full Blackstone spectrum over the last 20 years of my life. Well, I've got plenty of stories about Coach Blackstone, but let's move on to Mike. Yes. So you coached at the Chicago Bears, and then you went to be the head coach at Limestone University. When you told your kids you were moving from the Windy City to sunny (laughs) South Carolina, what was their reaction? Well, a lot of people don't realize that I actually was the head football coach at Limestone in 2016 and 17. Um, I was the wide receiver coach at Marshall after a, a short stint at Kentucky Christian. And and uh, that's a whole story in itself. But to answer your question, I got a call from Matt to go to Chicago. And, and then obviously we were there for four years and had an unbelievable four years. But we got a chance to move back to South Carolina from the Windy City. And uh you know, it's hard when you have a 17-year-old daughter that's going to be a senior in high school and you got two boys that are getting ready to walk into high school as freshmen, and, and that's tough. 
but your kids move around quite a bit and they adapt. And I don't think my kids would change, you know, what dad has done, but it's been great to come back to something that they were familiar with and awesome for my daughter to be able to come back and graduate with her friends. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So and palm trees and, and sun. Yes, it's <laughs> for sure. I'm <laughs> sure. Okay. So the life of a professional athlete and a coach, right, is different than other careers. Okay. So you've been married, I believe, 19 years now. Can yeah. you tell Steph how many times you've moved? We just moved. Uh, my daughter, she's 17. She just moved for her 14th time. My <gasps> wife and I have been married for, uh, it'll go on 20 years here in a year. We've, married, we've been moved about 17, 18 times. <laughs> Steph. No, I, I knew you're gonna love that stuff. So you're like professional movers. Yes, we are. Yeah. People hate to move, Mike. Like they That's hate. Right. Like we <laughs> despise moving. You guys, it's like no big deal. Yeah, my my sister in law and my nephews and my niece and back in Jonathan Alder, Plain City, like they'll never move. Right. Yeah. So they, they they won't move. And we're just. I tell you, it's it's amazing. You know, we truly believe that God opens doors, and you have two choices. You can either not jump or jump. Mm-hmm. And the more and more that we have become comfortable, obviously in jumping, it's just when God opens a door, we just go, and we don't hold back. We don't have any regret. We just this is what God's plan is, and it's going to work out. But my this this move here, my wife is kind of like, I think maybe we're gonna start slowing down just a little bit. <laughs> if we do move, you know, again, like we'll, let's just stay at this house, and then we'll just rent wherever we go. <laughs> We, we literally have, we've, the day that I've either been cut or I have taken a new job or not going back to a team, we literally have put a sign in the yard and, and sold the house. And, and then on the other side, whenever we have decided where we wanted to go, we've never rented. We just, we buy a house and we just trust in what God has for us. And so far we have been uh, obviously very blessed. So you were a coach with the Chicago Bears. What's Chicago Bear fans like compared to the crazy Ohio State fans? Yes, and college football fans. Yes. Yeah, that, that is a great question. Um, I think one of the biggest similarities is that they're both demanding. You know, they want their teams to be great, and, and I think it's outstanding. You know, you talk about a, a collegiate team that historically has always been one of the top programs in the country, and then yet also you're looking at the Chicago Bears who – really was the founding team of right. what's the National Football League. And so it's just amazing. I've been so super blessed to be part of both of those and see the similarities between the both because of the history has been awesome. I think the only difference that I would really say is that there is a difference between a college fan base and a professional fan base. An NFL fan base, I think, because of the trades and everything that can go on, I think you know, that creates a different type of mindset in those fans in regards to like, well, let's just get rid of them or pay them as money, you know, those kind of things. We're in college. It's really like just support the kids and, and have fun and hope they win. And so mm-hmm. I think that's really the biggest difference uh, between the two. But I just think they both have been really, really good. And there's an expectation. And I think that's been really neat. Friends, we just want to take a moment here to say thank you to all you loyal listeners. <laughs> just found out that Tell Us a Good Story is now in the top one and a half percent of all podcasts worldwide. And that is because of you guys sharing with your family and friends on social media and giving us positive reviews on all the podcast platforms. And if your friends ask, just tell them they can get our entire catalog of episodes at kevinandsteph.com or wherever they like to get their podcasts. Thank you guys so much for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, Mike. So for most of our guests, I like to give a list of fun facts to let listeners and Steph know 
what you've accomplished, okay? Yours, like I said, could be straight out of a movie. <laughs> no joke. So Steph is not aware of any of these, and I want to go through these, and it's going to spurn some story stuff. Okay. Guarantee it. Yeah. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Mike was quite the high school athlete at Hilliard-Davidson mm. here in Columbus. He earned three letters in football and basketball and four in baseball. Oh. After the 1994 season, Mike was voted runner-up for Mr. Football in the state of Ohio. The winner, Charles Woodson. <laughs> what? So, Mike, how many scholarship <laughs> offers did you receive coming out of high school? None. None, Steph. What? Zero. No. Zero. With all of that. Charles wow. Woodson. Wow. Incredible, right? <laughs> I'm shocked right now. Well, he was, you were what, 165 pounds? I believe, soaking wet. Yep. yep. And so yep. he was uh, he was recruited by Mount Union, Ohio Westland, D3 schools. Okay. Mount Union's good, though. You know, I went on a visit to Mount Union, actually. I, I w- went and visited Westland and Mount Union, and uh, I just felt like I could be at a bigger school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really did. I really believed in that. And so I just didn't feel like I wanted to go to that level, which is a great level. I mean, Mount Union's a great team. But when you grow up 12 minutes from Ohio State, that's all I wanted to do. Uh, I grew up wanting to play baseball at Ohio State because that was my family. My family's baseball. Uh, that's another story that I can tell you about in regards to my brother. And he was the player of the year in the state of Ohio in baseball. And he was drafted to the majors and all those kind of things. But I wanted to go to Ohio State. I wanted to follow in my brother's footsteps in regards to that. And then I wanted to do something different than what Matt did. And so I wanted to play basketball because I grew up in the Jordan era. And I loved basketball. So, So is it true... The late, iconic coach, Rick Majerus, wanted you to play basketball for him at Utah. Yeah, so I so I ended up walking on to Ohio State to play football. And as you mentioned, I was really small when I got there and or when I graduated high school. And I'm a weight room fanatic, and um, I believe in it. And so I, I spent two years in the weight room and put on about 20 pounds and, and became one of the fastest guys on the team at Ohio State and broke the all-time 5-10-5 shuttle run. <laughs> that my son just broke at his high school yesterday. Oh, wow. What? So it's pretty cool, but um, but he's not as fast as dad was yet. But anyways, <laughs> um, but anyways uh, so there was a moment in the second year where I wanted, I was going to transfer because Ohio State would not put me on a scholarship. And I'd go back to Hilliard and I'd play at open gyms and, and I was dunking and I could do whatever I wanted to do on about. I was faster than everybody, I was quicker than everybody, and I could out jump everybody. And so, I went back to an open gym one time at Hilliard and we were having fun. And next thing I know, I went over the sideline and some guy grabbed me and with Steve Dedent, our head coach there, and Rick Majerus wanted to know if I wanted to come to Utah. Wow. What was your reaction? You know, I think at the time it was, uh, that would be really cool, but I really invested a lot in football. Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of my avenue. I realized I was only 5'11". So that's it's funny. It's unique. And people always ask, like, why would you ever leave Ohio State? Like, nobody leaves Ohio State. But let me add on to that. Like, you're from Columbus, Ohio, and then you go to Ohio State? Like, you're not leaving Ohio State. And God love John Cooper. Obviously, we have a great relationship now and and all those things. But that was kind of his answer to me when I walked into his office and wanted a scholarship. Like, well, we're not going to put you on scholarship. Like, you're not leaving. Like, you're a hometown hero. Right. And my aspirations wasn't to run out of the tunnels at Ohio State or watch people play while I was at Ohio State. My aspirations became to be a you know professional athlete. And I knew at that time throughout that process, especially like in the Rick Majera situation, my avenue would be football. And at the same time, right after that, I got a call and an opportunity to go to Northern Iowa. 
Okay, so he's taking my fun facts here, Steph. All right. So, Sorry about that. No, you're good. So Mike walked on a receiver at the Ohio State University. Mm-hmm. While he was with the Buckeyes, he lettered first play on special teams, was part of the team that won the Rose Bowl against Arizona State in oh. 1997. And like you said, he was timed as the third fastest athlete on the team before transferring to Northern Iowa. Okay. Okay. At Northern Iowa, he became a three-time All-American and is in their <laughs> Hall of Fame. So, Mike, can you tell Steph the story of you trying to actually leave Northern Iowa after you were there for like a week and you yeah. came home? Can you share that Gosh. story with Steph? Because how do you know all these stories? <laughs> yeah, I've done my research, Mike. Yeah. yeah. So we, uh, so I decided to transfer to Northern Iowa. I got a call to go to Northern Iowa, and I was told I'd catch about seventy balls a year, full ride scholarship, and I planned dome and and uh, I've never been to Iowa before and. I actually walked into Coach Cooper's office and I said, hey, I'm going to, I'm thinking about going to Northern Iowa. And he was like, do you even know where that's at? And I'm like, no, I didn't. So, but he was supportive, obviously, because he didn't know. He, he didn't know. I mean, nobody knew. And so I went to Northern Iowa and I went out there and got an apartment, moved in, got acclimated, went to practices for about a week for seven days. And on the seventh day, I went into my head coach and told him that I was going to go home. And I called my dad and told him I was coming home. And at the time, obviously, my brother was a big mentor of mine. And I called him, too. And I said, I'm, I'm heading out. I'm leaving. And I got in my red Honda Civic about 3 o'clock in the afternoon after I had canceled my classes, after I had canceled my rent and all my utilities and everything. And um, I drove home about 10 hours to Columbus, Ohio. Got to my mom and dad's house. And I got, got home about 2, two 3 o'clock in the morning. And then uh, about seven o'clock in the morning, my brother, who was not home, he was actually came over and my dad walked in the, the bedroom and I'm sleeping. My dad said, hey, we're getting ready to go to work. And my brother said, I'm getting ready to leave as well. And here's some gas money. Be careful going back. <laughs> I was like, right. and I said, well, hold on a second. You uh, go back where? And they said, be careful going back to school, Northern Iowa. I said, well, Dad, I've already told the coach I'm done. He said, I called him right after you left and told him you'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> I said, well, I canceled my rent. He said, we've already called them. I said, well, what about Kathy Peters was her name? It's crazy that I remember this. And Kathy Peters, my guidance counselor. He said, yeah, we've already called all of them. Coach Dunbar called him and said, you'll be back tomorrow. Just don't, don't cancel anything. So... I'll never forget this. It's crazy, crazy story. But and I don't want to get too much involved in it. But my my brother, my brother could have been everything. And uh, sometimes in life, when you don't make the right choices because of who you surround yourself with, alcohol or whatever it is, like that stops you from becoming what God has prepared you to become. And my brother got caught up in that at Ohio State instead of going to the majors. And I think to this day he still regrets, you know, not giving it everything he had and focusing. So. It, it was kind of at that moment where my brother was going through this and, and I was always a little furry. And like, if you ever ask anybody like who would make it, it'd be like, well, Matt, like Matt was the greatest thing I've ever seen in person. He's still to this day. Like it's just things he did on the baseball field and was an all, all state wide receiver played one year, senior year. It's like, how, I mean, that just doesn't happen. Wow. And, um, but anyways, he was there and I'll never forget this. I've gotten the car and packed my car back up and I backed out. And I was kind of sitting there in front of the driveway and I was getting ready to leave. My dad and my brother were in the driveway and, and, uh, my dad was like, listen, let me tell you something. When you, when you tell people you're going to go do something, that's a reflection of your name. And we don't quit. Like first is that we don't quit. 
you know, we outwork everybody. We don't quit. And my brother basically looked at me and I just kind of looked at him and I just kind of was like, he wanted to say like, don't become what I've done, mm. you know? And I'm telling you right now, it's crazy. I, uh, nobody really knows this. I can't believe I'm telling you this, but, um, you know, I, I, it was the first time I looked at my dad and I looked at my brother and I just told myself, I said, three years from now, I'll be in the national football league. This is it. I'm going to work. And I drove out to school and went to work. Mm. It's crazy. <laughs> Steph, what's most important to you when it comes to building a new home? Okay. I want a builder who's an expert in what they do, is going to be honest with me, and cares about even the smallest of details. Well, thankfully, we know just the builder. You know it. It's Jay and Connie Luby with Luby Companies. Friends, don't just take our word for it. Go check out their website at lubycompanies.com. That's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Let them be your builder for life. They're freaking awesome. So, Mike, with, and I don't want to jump the gun here, but... As a coach, with all you've been through, what do you tell kids then about dealing with challenging situations, overcoming adversity? Because today we have these parental issues where it's helicopter parenting and they don't want you to go through anything. So Mm -hmm. what do you tell parents and kids how to overcome tough situations? Yeah, you know, it's first thing, it's a lonely road. Everybody thinks they have all the answers, but nobody's going through it with you. And it's a lonely road. I mean, I, I... the coolest thing that ever happened to me in that moment was I had to drive 10 hours by myself and find something. <laughs> Nobody really knows this. You're going to think I'm crazy. But my grandfather passed away when I was like 10 years old on my dad's side. And he was a Cincinnati Reds guy. And again, our whole family's baseball. Like my, everybody, like everybody played baseball, majors or whatever it is. And uh, we lost him when I was nine or 10 years old. And, you know, the only thing that I ever really wanted to do in life was, to, you know, have him see me play for him to be proud of me. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I always had that connection with him to, to this day. And it was the first time in my life where I ever really felt like for 10 hours when I drove out to Northern Iowa, it felt like I just was riding with my grandpa. And it was like that guidance of just thinking to yourself of like really what it takes to become something like how different you really have to be than the normal person. You know, all the adversity that happens in life, you know, rather it's people passing away or or traumatic injuries or or life-threatening diseases or things like that. Like there's always something in your life that you either quit or you keep moving forward. And the Bible tells you always keep moving forward, no matter what circumstances you're in. If you have hope and faith in him, just always keep moving forward because he's teaching you something or he's allowing you to learn something or he's taking you through something. And that's the faith that you have to have. And so at that moment, uh, I learned all those values. I learned all of them. And, uh, you know, at that point in time, you know, a lot of kids out at school, I don't think they really looked at me probably as a friendly guy because I was so focused on what I wanted to go do. And I was so locked in on what I wanted to go do. Like I didn't go out, like I didn't party, like I didn't do all these things. And people didn't, you know, people don't like that don't go through those things. Like you would never know. And so when I talk to these kids nowadays, you have to get them to understand that mom and dad are there to support you, but you're the one that has to do it. Right. And if, and if you don't go through these things and if you don't learn from these things, it's like the Bible tells you, like you go through these things so that you become more resilient, so that you become stronger, you become more courageous because you're learning things. And I think when you're a young kid, you never really you don't think experience has to do with anything about success. Well, experience has everything to do with how to get to success. And yes. so when I talk to these kids, it's you got the lonely road. You have to make a decision like what you really want to do in life. 
And no matter what, you don't stop unless God says, hey, here's the door or, hey, I got something better. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. I mean, that's what happened. We don't have time for this whole story, but I, I got so many stories from high school at Ohio State or Northern Iowa or wherever we've been that just it, it's just amazing how things now that I look back, I'm just kind of like I am who I am today because of everything that I had to go through. But there are so many people and it kills me and it just they stop. They stop. They, they start making excuses. They start. I can't tell you how many people I met that said, well, if I would have just kept going, well, you didn't. Right. And now it's your job to teach your kid that you don't stop, that you don't quit. It's either you win or you don't. And if you don't succeed, then if you give it everything you have and you do everything you need to do and you exhaust yourself, what I say personally for myself, I would always exhaust myself for Christ. That's what I would do. If I left the game, I was going to exhaust myself for Christ and everything that he gave me. And then if it wasn't his will to win, then it wasn't his will to win. But I was good with that. But the problem is we try to always control that narrative. And when things don't go right, well, we're, we're going to lose. We're out. But that's not how it works. You have no idea. You have to have an open mind and a work ethic that's just endless. And you can't worry about the result. Mm. And you guys already know we always worry about the result. And it'll never happen. Right. It never happens. You know, I was telling our coaching staff this the other day that – in First John 2, 6, it tells us that if you try to make an impression on someone, you'll never maximize their potential. But if you try to make an impact, you'll make a huge difference. Well, if you just do what you're supposed to do with no end result and you're just working your tail off and you're impacting and serving and helping people, you change a kid's life. Do that with 11 guys and put them on the football field at the same time. You're going to be all right. You know, right. but to your point, parents. I've seen more failure of people not getting what they want because they're they're just focusing on that result. And it takes a lot of willpower to just focus on what you're doing and to cloud up the noise and just go to work. Mm. Oh, that's good. It's a life lesson. If you like what you hear, please tell someone about us. As soon as this episode is over, go tell your spouse, your closest friend, a parent, a coworker, or share one of our posts on social media. However, if you don't like what you're hearing, please do not. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody. Just disregard this message. Don't worry about it. Forget about us. Yep. Go on with your merry day. And to get more information about us or our entire catalog of episodes, be sure to check us out at kevinandsteph.com. Thank you for listening to Tell Us a Good Story. All right, Steph, next fun fact here. After going undrafted in the 2000 NFL draft. <laughs> Whoa, wait, 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 wait. Wait. Tell me yeah. again what he accomplished at he, Northern Iowa. Three time All American. <laughs> yeah. He's in their Hall of Fame. Yeah. But he goes undrafted. Yes. Okay. It's kind of like the same thing in high school. Same yeah. story. Exactly. As That's high school. why I'm hearing a repeat. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> so Mike signs as a free agent with the Indianapolis Colts. The oh. first guy he ever caught a ball from the NFL was. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. What? What was Peyton Manning like then to work with in the training camp and everything? What was he like back then? Yeah, it, it was uh, Peyton is he, he's got to be one of the most respected athletes that I've ever had a chance to be around, obviously, for that short amount of time before I got cut. But to watch one of the greatest go to work every day was a great lesson for me. And that goes back to your question earlier about in regards to like what I would tell people, you can learn a lot about your life 
but you can learn a lot more from other people's lives and how right. they handle themselves, how they go through adversity and how they either stop or keep moving. Like there's a lot of value in that you can learn. Now there's a lot of great stories in there that one time we got in a huddle, it was like three of us white guys. And he was like, don't ever put these three white guys in the huddle with me at the same time. Like this isn't BYU anymore. Like it was fun, but, but that's who he is. And then when we break the huddle, like it's time to go to work. And so, uh, but Peyton, uh, what a great uh, opportunity for me, obviously, to be around one of the greatest quarterbacks ever played the game. That's good. Mm-hmm. All right, Steph. After getting released by the Colts right before the season started, okay. Mike got a call from the original XFL League with Vince McMahon uh-huh. and spent a year playing for the Las Vegas Outlaws. Oh. So you have to have at least one great story from playing in the XFL or a great story about meeting Vince McMahon. Yeah, I just think the coolest thing that I ever had a chance to do there is all of our promotional things for all the games and doing all the photo shoots with Vince and and obviously Shane and Stephanie McMahon. It was oh, right. Triple H. It was pretty cool. Okay, so they had some weird, weird yeah. rules back then. Yeah. Was there a moment where you're like, okay, what is this? Is, it, is this a circus or is this football? What's going no, on? The fo- I'll tell you the thing about the people don't really realize this and about that first XFL, like Vince McMahon really wanted to turn it into and emulate the National Football League. Okay. Like he didn't, it, he was trying to not make it the WWE from what we knew. And uh, there were some other sides that were trying to make it like the WWE. And that's kind of how it all kind of started having some turmoil. But Football-wise, it was awesome. Obviously, there's no fair catching and all those kind of things. And the kickoff thing was pretty cool in yes. regards to that. But the craziest thing for me was just sitting up on a box and and you got all these cheerleaders and Stephanie and Shane and Vince and all these guys in the room and they're spraying you down with all this water like everybody just got soaking wet. It's, you know, it's like the <laughs> WWE. You know what I'm saying? It's just those kind of things. It was uh, it was pretty it was pretty crazy. That's funny. Okay, then Mike spent one season with Las Vegas Outlaws in the XFL before mm-hmm. playing two years with the New York Dragons of the Arena Football League. Oh. Yes, Mike led the Arena League in every receiving category before mm-hmm. signing with the St. Louis Rams in 2003 as a 26-year-old rookie. Wow. Mike. Well, can- wait, Rams. Is the that St. Louis Kurt Warner? Rams. Yes. Oh, so-, so you had Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner. I'm in the National Football League because of Kurt Warner. Okay, Coach, how are you on time? I know we're at 1029 here. How are you? Yeah, you're good. Okay, yep. awesome. Okay, okay, good. I was like, please say we're good. Please say we're good. Please say we're good. <laughs> okay. All right, Steph, next fun fact. There's no more crying. You can't bring up anything. Okay. I've, I've had a very humbling past of, uh, like you're saying, the journey has just, to me, when I look back, sometimes I'm just like, you know, like mm-hmm. I played eight years in the league. Like, how did that happen? Like, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just. You're like, only God. Uh, only God oh, could get me through some of these challenges, right? Well, we haven't even got to the craziest part yet, but... We're on our way. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. You guys, it's completely free. And while you're there, feel free to give us a rating or a nice review. Thank you for listening to... Tell us a good story.